shots on the beat, boy. Accent made this. Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast with Kyle Krieger and Wilkie Law, where we're sharing inspiring stories of educators just like yourself, helping you to develop your craft and sharpen your tools to become the teacher your students deserve. This is the Value Adds Value podcast. Let's jump into this next episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the Value Adds Value podcast, where we hope to help you become the teacher your kids deserve. My name is Kyle Krieger. Uh, I am flying solo on this podcast as Wilkie's been working uh, this evening with the Music and Arts Collective. So uh, I'm going to just introduce our guest. We're super thrilled to have Amen Ra, the principal, on the podcast. How are you, sir? Man, I'm doing good. Doing great, actually, man. Just doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, you know, we, um, I think we got the recommendation from Principal Kefele to have you on, I want to say that's where we came, where we came across (laughs) a few months ago. Kefele, man, that's an honor, man. I met Kefele years ago when I was, uh, I was just becoming an assistant principal. He inspired just absolute excellence out of me. And to have that, that's like, that's yeah. big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we had him, we saw him speak in October when we were in Texas. And then he came on and we scheduled him for like 45 minutes and we were no yeah. lie talking for like two plus hours. Yeah, yeah, no, he's dope. He's dope. Oh, he was, it was so awesome. So he was just awesome human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to get us kicked off here, could you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you got into the education profession? Man, uh, come from a family of educators, born and raised from just the city, Compton. Um, I did not want to be initially an educator. Uh, I wanted to be, my, my, my way was going to be a rapper, football player, and those was what I was set on, or, or like a, a salesman of some sort, or just some type of entrepreneur in that case. And then uh, I lost my football scholarship. And I was just looking like, you know what, I'm, I'm just trying to find me a little job while I'm young and I'm in college. So I was looking for this after school program and ended up becoming a teacher assistant. So I'm, I became a teacher assistant. I'm doing that. And I just recall I'm, I'm in the classroom teaching math while the teacher is literally sitting down. And, you know, we had this conversation about salary and I was making this hourly wage and he's making a nice salary and, I, and, and my sisters and brothers are like man you i told you should go take the cbest and, and the cbest is our credentialing you know our test to become a, a substitute teacher took that and then uh got involved with wanting to become a teacher and found a passion just really inspiring and motivating and just really working with black and brown people in la and then that's how i got into education and then became a teacher taught history taught special education and then just developed this passion for just education which has really been awesome an awesome journey so far man so are you are you now teaching in the area where you grew up or are you teaching somewhere yeah, else yeah. LA? so absolutely so grew up in compton watts is like pretty much next door to compton so my family grew up we all grew up in watts compton area uh so pretty much i'm a principal right there where the city I grew up in. And with 
you know, the options you probably had, why did you, why did you choose to go back there? I mean, growing up where we come from, it's, it's, it's always been kind of ingrained and just coming up in education. It's like, man, you got to work hard to get out. Like everything has always been like, to be a football player, it's like you working to try to get out of poverty or you working to try to get out of your circumstances. You, like everything has been always talked about getting out. And when you think about that mindset, it's really like the imprisonment of your mind too, right? It's, it's like, man, I'm trying to get out of this circumstance, which I understand. For me, it was, how do I pay it back? Like, yeah, I got, I got multiple master's degrees. I have, you know, these type of things. I, I live a good life, but it means nothing to me if I'm not in a position to give critical hope and provide critical hope for people that walk the same path for me. Because for me growing up, I didn't see nobody that was a principal that walked, talked, and came from where I came from. I didn't see no teacher, especially a black male teacher, that walked, talked, and where, where I came from to say like, hey, no, this is, it's really cool. It's cool to be a teacher. It's cool to be a principal. It's, it's cool to be something other than what you are always pushed as, you know, rapper, football player, basketball player, like all these different things. We don't, we're not exposed to that. And I, I wanted to provide that exposure to say, no, wait, hold up. There's a lot more opportunities out here for people that look like you and like me that walk, come from our different background as possible. So I wanted to create this network of opportunity and critical hope for kids to say, yo, you know what? Your dreams can come true. And you, and, and for us, as me as a principal is, I want your dreams to come true, but I want you then to pay it back to others so their dreams can come true. And that's, and I want to live by that. Do you, do the kids you, you work with now, your students, do they still have that same kind of mentality of athlete, rapper, or now that, you know, the world is different with YouTube and, and all those different things, has it changed that at all? Man, I, I think for the, for, it has its it has its role. I mean, those things are still exist. Basketball player, football player, which which is cool, right? You know, yeah. to have those aspirations is really great. Uh, you have seen more people of like, hey, I want to be an influencer. I want to be big, right? And I think for us as educators now in this world, like, really truly, what does that mean? Like, what does that truly mean? And how do we like create like the results that you want out of making it big? And it's really like for us. I know for me as a principal, it's like, I'm really big on happiness and like achieving like self-actualization and really having like knowing yourself in context to the world. I think that's like really big for me and for our school. You know so, what I mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. So when you think about your students and you think back to, you know, your experience as a student, what, um, when you say like, being the teacher your kids deserve what does that mean to you what 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 do your kids what do your students deserve out of teachers the absolute best and, and what I mean by that is for me it, it ties directly to my academic philosophy and my philosophy as an educator is like really key on relationships like number one is relationships and in our field we talk about it a lot but I don't think we really dive into what that means and what that looks like uh, relationships is really for us and, our, and for our, how I define it is really building this sense of belonging. And I like to compare it to like real estate. I mean, like everybody understands if you have a house or somewhere you live in in regards to building equity and when you're building equity with students and it's this like social capital of building with students 
and, and you want to make sure that you build this equity and the sense of belonging. So anytime you need to tap into it, tap into that relationship to, to, for something to manifest, you can go there. And relationships is key. And second, teachers, I believe, need to provide relevance. And like being that teacher that kids deserve, it's like, why am I learning this? What's the purpose? Like really diving into that why. Uh, that's really important because that why is a driving force for kids for my belief is that passion is all connected to the relevance for me. And that's what I was missing in school. I did not have connection to why I'm learning all these different things where my aspirations was limited to being an athlete or being this or not being exposed to other careers. And then lastly, for me, it's rigor, relationships, relevance and rigor and rigor is the, this attention to detail. Uh, but also providing student mastery. And it doesn't mean nothing if students are not competent in what you're trying to provide them as a result of your, your teaching practice. And I feel like if for specifically my teachers at the U and me as a principal, if we're providing these three core pillars of relationships, relevance, and rigor, we are building a foundation for success and absolute excellence. And uh, I believe like our teachers and I believe our kids deserve that. So what do you, I'm interested, because this is something Wilkie and I have been talking about a lot recently, like, in terms of, you know, you talk about, re, you know, relevance and rigor in the content, but how do you feel like the role of the teacher as the content expert has changed over, say, the last 10 or so years when we have Alexa and we have Siri and we have Google and all these different places where not only kids can fact check us, but they're getting so much more information and they're having to sift through it. So in terms of content, what do you think the teacher's role has developed into over these last, you know, say 10 to 15 years? Well, I think, the, I think it's important to like define that content and, and what you mean in regards of teachers understanding content and, and mastery of that content and knowing that content is really important for teachers because when you know that content, you you have all types of teachable moments that manifest, especially a secondary, right? If you do not have that mastery of content, you you're you're challenged with how do I now make this and connect the dots when things come up. I, I like to look at I'm a big athletic person, basketball, football. Um, it, it's it's read and react. Like if you ever play sports, it's read and react. If, if you, you may have anticipated going this way, and many times as an educator, have you ever designed that lesson and you're like, you're, I'm expecting to go like this, and then you get a curveball with a question or yeah. someone asks you something, and you're like, wow, mm -hmm. let's take it there. <laughs> like, yeah. like, let's yeah, go yeah, there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you have to, like, have this, this some form of content mastery to know where you're going. And, and know how you can like create some magic in your classroom because of that. Like, and, and it becomes sophisticated, it becomes complex right now because especially in secondary, you know your content, but now how are you bringing back to that relevance to connect it to technology now when you have the series, when you have the Alexa and how, what role does English now have in today's world where now kids can almost code an essay, code a machine to, 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 for critical thoughts to write an essay. Like, and the question becomes like, is it more important for me to know how to write grammar-wise or is it more important for me to get it done but my thoughts are on the paper? And I think it's important for 
educators to have um, an understanding on that and and really be set forth with like, what, what are you trying to get out of students? Where are you trying to take students in regards of uh, this world that we live in today? And does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, I sure. think it's important for teachers to have that kind like mastery of content is really important. Mm -hmm. uh, we got to do what we have to do. Again, I said a lot. You got to do what we have to do to do what we want to do. And in, in this world, we have these, we have this world that we live in outside of education. And there's not always a happy, happy marriage. Yeah. Right? Because education yeah. is moving at this slow snail pace. And with technology, and the, it's moving rapidly. So we, we, we have to kind of marry the two. How do you, how do you see, like, in terms of technology, are, are the kids' challenges changing? Like, say, compare, go, go back maybe 10 years and then go back to maybe our time when, you know, I didn't have my first cell phone until I went to college. Wow. You know, and now I, ha I, see, I see first graders in our school that are yeah. carrying around iPhones. So I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, like, I know kids are, you know, there's the same challenges of being an adolescent, you know, trying to find your place and that stuff. But do you see, how do you see the challenges our kids face changing? You know, I, I, I personally feel like challenges existed every, in every part of if That's just, that's just natural challenge. Right. They're different challenges, right? Different right. challenges. But in regards of our kids, I mean, I had my cell phone, I think, what, seventh, eighth grade. I mean, I'm, I'm a millennial, so I, I'm, I'm in that middle. I'm like that middle child yeah. uh, in regards to generations. But I do see the challenges with social media in today's world, but I also see the benefits of it. Right. Right. I, 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 I lean with understanding the challenges because they exist. But I also am an optimistic person off of like, I, this is the world we live in, so I need to lean into it. Like at our school, we lean into it in regards of the context of it's so beneficial um, in regards to, because research, I mean, you could also understand research, it, it's, you can almost make data say what you want it to say in a lot of contexts, right? So I think the challenges for our kids is yes, social media exists. Um, suicidal ideations is like at an all time high, right? Uh, the amount of trauma is still, it's, it's really, the research is coming out on that. Uh, but when it comes to like really just technology, cell phones and, and different things like that, I think the structures of our school in a lot of cases cause more harm um, and create a, a traumatic experience for a lot of our kids than the opposite. Do you see those structures ever changing? Absolutely. I mean, if not, I probably wouldn't be trying to do right. what I do. I, 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 I honestly do. I, I full heartedly believe that with podcasts like this to, 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 to spread knowledge with educators on me, social media. I think like, and again, social media is a benefit. I mean, Instagram, Twitter, it's, it's like almost free PD that's given every right. day. Right. Right. You, you see best practices on display every single day from educators on Instagram that you can take and, and try to emulate in your classroom or emulate for me on a macro level with the school. So I, I do see a change. And I think everyone is trying to 
come together and make a movement for change. And I think everyone plays a part in this change. And I and I see things changing uh, within schools. Uh, I see things, people challenging the status quo. I see people saying like, you know what? Why aren't we encouraging kids to do this more and, and develop their own app? <laughs> you know, like you're on, a, you're on your, you're on your social media so much. Well, let's create the next social media thing and use our tools to teach that. And I think it's important for us to 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 have these conversations to create a narrative around why we are leveraging these tools to create change. Yeah, and that's and that's something that we really believe into. That Wilkie always calls it change is going to be organic, meaning it's going to start with uh-huh. the teachers and it's going to work its way up versus you know and i think for me i always have a bad context when i hear structure i always think of you know states and school districts and all those people that have all this full the the story we told that struck me once i was at a conference when i was still teaching in texas and i was talking with a professor that was from the university of texas Mm -hmm. and he said he got asked to consult on the state standards and the board of directors that was gonna finalize the standards mm-hmm. had one of nine person one of the nine people on there had any education background wow and i was wow. like it, it's stuff like that that's, that's crazy but i i do want to ask you i mean it's crazy to think that you know kobe passed you know so unexpectedly But what what is the mood been like in LA with Kobe's passing? I mean, can you articulate what he meant to people? I mean, it has been just complete shock, uh, sadness, uh, celebration. It's just love. I mean, it's just been like really a melting pot of emotion. And the city is just still mourning, you know. Really, for for me in particular, I mean, it's 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 really been crazy, surreal. I mean, everybody, it, this is monumental, especially for I know my generation, but for people across the world. I mean, this is an icon, and, and then to the tragedy of having your daughter as a father too, of a of a just fathers across the world can only imagine. Why? I mean, everybody's been impacted by this. And in particular, LA, I mean, I, my wife, my family, we went down to the memorial um, and it's just, it was, oh, the love was overwhelming, uh, which was really fascinating, but it was also just sad and just hurtful, but then also just like rewarding of like, wow, look at how many people have been impacted by this man and, and inspired by this man. and. I see people now just like leveling up of like, hey, I got to tap into this Mamba mentality be, because of this. And, it's, and it's, it's great to see, but then also you think like, man, why, why do a death have, has to happen for yeah. this to, to be triggered, right? And, it's, right? and I'm sure I'm sure someone done research on the human psychology behind, you know, why these things happen, but uh, it's, just, it's just really a surreal feeling here still in LA of people still like this is unbelievable you know what I mean and I think that that's really what 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 the feel is like right now in LA I mean and there was a lot of and 
you know, I've experienced death close to me, but it's just at times you have a hard time comprehending how so many people from so many different places can be so affected, but you never know like what, what someone, you know, sees and, and, you know, his story, like the thing I love about his story too, is it, it he's definitely wasn't perfect and he made well, it he mistakes. And, you know, I remember people saying, I mean, God, it must've been early to early to mid two thousands that all that stuff happened. And people yeah. said he'd never rehab his image and he'd never, but, man like for him to to get back up and and to do the things and sad part was like he was just killing it in his next killing career and, yeah, and yeah, like he was, he was killing it. but he was you know like you said i think there's plenty of people out there that are going to try to carry on yeah i mean like just at my school alone i mean like our monday so i, I have something at my school we, we call it family and family happens every monday and Monday, it's pretty much a school-wide assembly, but we call it family, and it's really fascinating because kids, kids that come up and be like, we got family today, yeah, family, family, family Monday, we're grade level, and we do it school-wide uh, now. And since it's passing, we we have Mamba Mentality Monday, and we pass out these little, and like last this Monday, we passed out index cards yesterday, and uh, it had its 10 principles on it. We had a little PowerPoint, and it's like, hey, it's time to level up, and it's it's all geared around how we're inspiring our kids to to achieve absolute greatness. And like Principal Capelle, he he I I almost preach about his work in regards to transforming the 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 attitude and closing this attitude gap that he speaks so highly about. And that's what we're about. Like that is what family in essence is all about at our school is really transforming Hey guys, just a quick question. How can we help you become the teacher your students deserve? Please, please reach out to us. Follow us on social media at Value Adds Value. Go to our website, thelledproject.com or send Wilkie or I an email and let us know what we can do to help you become the teacher your kids deserve. And if you don't mind, while you're at it, Hit the subscribe button, share this podcast out, and help us reach more teachers to help them become the teacher their kids deserve. Now, back to the podcast. In the minds and the spirits of our kids to, to reach absolute excellence every time they step foot on our campus. And the, the, the death of Kobe has inspired us even more to do more for our kids to inspire them more to say like your dreams are possible and like fall in love with this journey of following your dreams and in something beyond your wildest dreams will manifest so when you're working with your kids you know like especially in the secondary but i know it's a ton because i've primarily only done middle school well how do you help them you know, like you said, you're trying to show them like this, you know, what they could be, but how do you, how do you help them see the steps? How do you not just help them see all the steps, but really see like the next step that's right in front of them on the journey. Yeah, yeah. That's something that I struggle with a ton is being able to just help them understand like, Hey, like, I know you're trying to go here, but this, this is the next step. This is yeah. this the process. So how do you, 
how do you work with them on that process piece? Well, I think I think it's important for for us. We really dive deep, and again, our our mission and vision is geared around self actualization, and really getting kids to understand themselves and understand what is needed for them. Like because there are people like me that I don't necessarily need every step to be aligned to jump at something, right? There and their kids are like that. Their their kids, it's like I I, I know step one or I know step four. I may not know step three, but all right, I'm a step one and I'm gonna figure this out and I'm gonna right. search for reasons and how to make it work. And then there's students that's like, yo, you know, I need everything. I need to know step one through 100, right? right. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you want to try to gear them. And a lot of it, that that step for me is, okay, one is how, how confident are you are in your ability? How much do you believe? And is that connected to like your self-efficacy in regard to things? Or is this just like a comfort a, a comfort level, right? And like understanding, and this all goes back to self. And, and then for a teacher, it's all going back to how well you know your kid, right? And that give that sense of comfort. So what we do is we, we explicitly uh, put out different plans. If it's something in regards of, of course, graduation is always prevalent in regards of our students of knowing those steps. Um, but I'm someone that also want to let students know that it's not always going to be a, a perfect step-by-step process that is just going to manifest greatness. Because if that was the case, you know, especially when I was going to school, it would be like, you remember, it was go, go to college and boom, you're going to have this, some great career, get a BA degree and $100,000 later of student loans and then not a lot of jobs. Like those, those steps don't always align. So I want to also let students know, like you're going to be challenged because things, obstacles are going to come up. And I think it's important for us to put our kids in those situations where the steps don't also, it doesn't always work out that way. And what are you going to do and how are you going to adapt? Because life is a big bowl of mess. <laughs> you, it, 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 you, no, it really is. Like everyone has to has to deal with it, right? It, 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 things come up. Um, yes, you may have success in this, but you may have family dynamics. You like things come up. Uh, family may be great, but now I'm working on something. So, so how are you going to manage and emotionally regulate when those things come up? Is really important for me as a leader to provide for my kids. Yeah, you know, and it's just crazy for me to think about because the school I'm at now. I have more of the, I need to know one to 100 wow. or I can take the, the number one step. And it's different because it's just like, there's a few of them in particular that like, once they get, if they've got what they think are the steps, as soon as the steps don't like, aren't yep. perfectly in a row, it like just tailspins. Yep. And, yep. and it's, like I, at times I'm at a loss for words of how to like support these students yeah. because there's a few that they go into that fight or flight brain and it, it, it just like is, is painful. But, you know, being that it's the first week in February and, you know, most of us have, have crossed the halfway point. Yeah. What, you know, how do you work with your teachers 
to help people not have that countdown mentality of like, hey, this is the number of days left on the board until I'm free from all of this. And, and start to have that mentality of you understand that the clock is ticking, but you want to do as much as you can in that time. Great question. You know, I, I think it's perfectly, first off, I, I think it's for any educator out there, I think it's okay to acknowledge like, all right, I can't wait to June, right? Or whatever the case may be. I think like, let's, let's first throw that out there. It's okay. I think that's perfectly fine. But I think it's also important um, to think about Kobe in regards of his, and, and, and it, since we talked about it, one of his mantras is always been about like the journey and, and like really falling in love with the journey. And as an educator, this passion, this journey is really important. But if you know anything about the journey, like it is, and then tying in like Nipsey Hustle, God forbid, but like it's a marathon, right? This is a marathon. And, every, and if you think about our school year, it is a marathon. It's 180, 188 days, it's a marathon. And that first leg of the race, you walk, everybody's smiling in August and September and you, it's like the first lap and it's like, I'm doing, I'm doing good, right? And oh then yeah. You, you hit the second lap or you, you can run the 400 meters, you, you hit around, so you know, October, you're like, all right, whew, you know? November, you get a little break. In December, you push through. And in January, you're like, all right, it's, I'm trying to feel good. We're back, you know? And then February, you're like, all right. And then March, you're like, and I think it's understanding that it's a marathon. Start developing mechanisms or systems around this rate, around this marathon, understanding the highs and lows of the year that are naturally in us as humans. Right. And I think like especially if you're in this marathon, you know when February hits, you know when March hit, like, okay, these are tough months. You know, March, you you understand there is no holidays, right? So you yeah. want to make sure you push through. So make sure you for me, what I recommend is saying, all right, let's let's do some more self-care. Let's take some more time to work out. Let's get some wins in our life that keeps us happy while we're running this marathon. Let's identify the small wins in your classroom. Let's let's celebrate that kid that haven't been, you know what, acting up as much or, or cutting up as much from when he was in August or from when she was in August, right? Uh, and you see the are they where they you want to be? No, but you're seeing the work that's being done. You're seeing the progress. You're seeing the growth. And I think if you anchor down on those type of things and you and you understand that this is a journey, and like for example, at our school. Uh, each year we talk about our, our, it's science, but you know, you have your desired state and then you have your beginning state. And if you're at this beginning state, you're working to try to get to this desired state. But as you work, it gets all messy in the middle and they call that the ecotone, where it's that, it's that mushy part where you're, you're, you're breaking through that barrier to get to the desired state. And the ecotone is really tough. It's a struggle. It's a mess, but it's needed for you to get to that point. And when you're a teacher, uh, that journey or that testimony, everybody who has a testimony has a test, <laughs> I guess, right? Right. So, yeah. um, so yeah. if you have this testimony, you have to be tested. And, and your test is going to come through self, through kids, through your classroom, through colleagues, 
But if you want that testimonial as an educator, understand you will be tested and you have to break through and have that mamba mentality. I love that. And I feel like over the last, it's really been the last couple of years, I feel like self-care has become like a staple of the education practice. I don't, I don't remember really hearing it as a term until a few years ago or like understanding it as a priority. Like I've been a consistent person who works out, but I worked out just because I liked it. I was, I didn't realize what all the things that it does. And I just finished a book uh, by an author named Ryan holiday. It's called stillness is the way. And it talked to, there was like two whole chapters on just walking. Yeah. yeah, now, yeah. Now when I find myself in my classroom where I'm just like stuck, I'm like, okay, get up. Even if I just walk the hallway a couple of times and just let, let things be, it's really made a difference. So, um, so kind of to, to round this out, what are you doing these last, you know, three and a half, three months, three and a half months to really springboard your kids to the next grade? For us, it's, it's all about like our, our mantra, you know, like our, our school mantra is like, let's boom. And let's boom is overcoming obstacles overcoming obstacles and nothing, nothing, nothing in your path stop you from greatness. And what we're doing is, of course, built in our, our program is we, we have like a school-wide monthly calendar of events. Like it's almost like self-care events for educators and kids uh, because we know like as a principal, you know how you, you know your body. Like if you, you work out, you know your body. You know when it's time to be like, okay, I've been hitting at the gym for a while. I need a desk. I need a day to recover. Uh, I know if I go to the gym four days, like you know your body. Well, I know I know my kids and I know my educators. And I know March hits. And I know it's like, wait, this is a long month. So we program two two school wide events. One is a, a a lip sync battle, and the other one is like we have our talent show, right? So two different events. And it's really get the kids excited on our campus. It gets the educators excited because our lip sync battle is going to be, it's like really goals and like teachers have to get involved, but it's an opportunity for, for people to really come together and work for a common goal. Uh, also, we have a house system. I don't know if you're familiar with house systems. Yeah. Um, but we have a house system at our school. So we have some house competitions that come up to just really encourage our students to understand like, hey, we know it's tough. We know you, some of you guys have SATs coming up in March. We know you guys have state testing coming up in April. So we want to kind of get, get you like cool, relax, because you, we know the anxiety that's about to happen for you. Right. Uh, so sure. uh, we are really just making sure that our kids are equipped. Um, and it really goes to doing what we have to do to do what we want to do. I say it so much, but you know, we have a, a flag football game against houses that's coming up. We have, uh, what is it? Some of my house, my house leads, they're putting up some like board games and different things like that so the kids can compete in, in, on who's going to be the baddest house of the year. So it's these type of things really work. And for my educators, we, I have some special things for them. Uh, we're getting this massage chair person to come in to give teachers massages because it's just a, a token of appreciation for, for teachers. Uh, but I think bigger than anything, when, when we hit our metrics, our primary uh, metrics at our school, uh, our teachers earn just like, hey, instead of this 
after school meeting that we all know, you know, the professional development. We had our primary metric for the month. It's like, hey, guess what? Go home. Go, go see your family. Get away from right. here. And don't think about this place. And right. uh, those, those are the type of things that, that we're doing for the next three months. Yeah, it's a lot of good advice. I'm really excited. And uh, I think in, in two weeks, maybe, we have our students versus teachers basketball game. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so all those little eighth grade boys that just they just run <laughs> run their mouth. I'm gonna just gonna get in there and just get them I'm in a post game. Them, yeah, I'm gonna teach them some 1990s basketball. <laughs> yeah. So, that's it. That's it. So, yeah, that's it. That should be fun. Uh, yeah, man. A lot of good advice in there. So I want to be respectful of your time here, but a couple final questions. One of the ones we we stole this from Tim Ferriss. Uh, he does a okay. podcast. He's authored a bunch of books, and uh, we kind of adapted it. So if if you could share a message, say on Instagram or wherever on a billboard, and you knew every kid in America would see it, um, what message would you share with students? You know, I, my my whole mantra in regard to different things too, personally, is uh, change the world. Don't let the world change you. And particularly to that, and I speak directly to that young kid, a young black or brown student, uh, understanding the context of who you are in context of the world and understand that that space you can create and your dreams can come true and that it is possible. And never let someone tell you that it's not. Never let someone tell you that you can't be. Never let someone tell you anything that you feel can become a defining moment for you. And that's really around changing the world and don't let the world change you because so, so many times uh, we, we think of what things are supposed to look like or what things are supposed to be or what things are supposed to sound like that we, we uh, I think that suppresses creativity. I think it suppresses um, the uniqueness of people. And I want to say that it doesn't have to be that way. That's awesome. So before we ask you the final question, for people that want to connect with you, learn from you, talk to you about your experience, what's the best places to find you? Uh, best place is Instagram, of course. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. Instagram is Principal Raw. Raw is R-A-H-H -H, uh, at Principal Raw. And then also on Facebook at Principal Raw. And again, that's R-A-H-H. -H. Perfect. And wait, wait, I want to do a plug because I am oh, now that I, oh, yeah, I, I, I do have a book. I do have a book that's coming out. Uh, do you? So, so my book is projected to be released right now, uh, summer 2020. Uh, it is School Culture Revolutionized, the Six Principles of uh, Achieving Student Success. Well, I suppose then we'll have to, I, I mean, I'm sure we're going to keep in touch, but as it gets a little yeah. closer, let's... Uh, Let's have you back on, and we'll we'll focus Let's just go. strictly on the book, and yeah. maybe see if we can't uh, sell some books for you. Get get that in teachers' hands. So that's awesome. Um, that's super cool. So, Thanks. um, man, can't thank you enough for the time and the conversation. I, appreciate I, you. I I know for sure we're gonna have to get you back on when uh, when Wilkie can be on to talk to you okay. about that that experience, you know, cause he's, uh, you know, he was inner city Houston. So I, I feel like the two of you and your, and your experience got a lot in common. And that was the strangest thing. Like I'm like the smallest of the small town Wisconsin kid. 
you know, and I got, I got linked up with a kid that's like inner city Houston and it was, yeah. We were we were an unlikely pair, but we're gonna ha- definitely have to bring you back on when he can have a chat with you too. So, final question before we get you out yeah. of here: um, When it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be as an educator? Woo! Legacy. You know what? I want to be known for somebody who not only talked to talk, but walked the walk, and walked the talk. Whatever they say, the saying is. But I, I want to be someone that was about kids from the community in which he came from, Compton and Watts, that provided them with endless uh, opportunity and possibilities for them to to find their hidden treasures in life and become happy, become supported, and know that they always had somebody in their corner. And at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you know, I want educators to know what it truly means to let's boom. Hmm. Principal Ra, thank you for the time, man. We appreciate you coming on. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, brother. Have a good one, man. Before we get started on this episode, everybody, we want to take a chance to talk to you about a platform and a company that we believe in, and that's Nearpod. Now, we've had a relationship with Nearpod for over a year now, and it is by far the best educational platform we've ever used. What Nearpod is, is a presentation and engagement tool that you can use with your students. The things we love about it is you can create lessons that can either be paced by you, the teacher, or you can create lessons that allow your students to work at their own pace, and it's interactive and one thing they've just added that makes it so much easier is it can integrate with google slides and focus so if you want to try nearpod for free go to this website go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value that's go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value to try nearpod for free